Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hello and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily. And I'm Christy. We're just two gals in our 20s trying to live our best type 1 diabetic lives. Every week we tackle a new topic from the diabetic perspective. Although we offer tips, we are not medical professionals, but we also offer plenty of anecdotes and general thoughts about how to embrace the type 1 lifestyle on your own terms. It's not always easy to do through all of the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hi guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And today we are here. There was, yeah. <laughs> welcome back, guys. Um, we both live in metropolitan areas. Anywho, this week's episode is all about caring for, for diabetes, caring for those who have diabetes, I guess I should say. It's a little, you'll, you'll understand more as we get this underway. We're not necessarily talking about nurses and caretakers in that sense, but kind of like, Caring for oneself when you have diabetes and letting others care for you. Taking care. Uh, Christy, would you like to start us off? Yeah, so I guess what kind of got (laughs) me started on this episode uh, recently, even for people in my life that are not diabetic, I think I'm such like a better caretaker for other people. Not that I don't take care of myself, but like the second that someone else is like, oh, like this hurts or oh, I'm not feeling well. I like snap into nurse mode. But when it's me, I, like I guess I can be calmer because I kind of know what to do at this point for myself. But when it's other people, I just freak out. But I guess that's kind of silly because in the grand scheme of things, like I'm the one with the disease that would probably need actual caretaking if the situation arose, but that's neither here nor there. Um, So, yeah, I guess (laughs) my big piece with this episode was I was just kind of thinking lately, um, the summer after my freshman year of college and the summer after my sophomore year of college, I had the absolute privilege of nannying possibly the three greatest kids on the planet. Um, The middle child was also a type 1 diabetic. I actually found her through Um, a social worker at my old doctor in New Jersey. And I guess the family, yeah, huge shout out, Um, Morristown. Great, great job. Um, I guess that they do that. I don't, I think I just got a general email from the like social worker there. So she just emailed a bunch of older people and was like, Hey, this family's looking for someone to babysit kids interested. I didn't realize it was going to be like two whole summers of my life, but it was great. And I don't know. I think you kind of accidentally learn a lot about taking care of yourself when you're taking care of a another person with type 1 because any time that Olivia had her name was Olivia, shout out. Anytime Olivia had a low or <laughs> something like that, I would just want to do everything for her, even though she was perfectly capable, you know, if there was something that she wanted or needed around, I just, I wanted to make sure she did not have to lift a finger. And it kind of clicked for me over time that, wow, that's how other people that care about me must feel when I'm having a low. But maybe it's because Emily and I were both diagnosed later in life. I tend to resist help 
Um, I like I like to yeah, be able to control and do things on my own. As soon as the doctors gave me like literally the bare minimum of information in terms of this is how you keep yourself alive, and they sent me out the door from the hospital, I was hesitant to even tell my mom, who you know is my caretaker of the world. I was even hesitant to tell her. Also, you were no. Go ahead. You were seventeen. I was seventeen. Uh, summer, summer before. Plug. Listen to season one. Season one, episode <laughs> one. But it was the summer before my senior year of high school. So that's kind of when you're trying to establish independence and independence. You know, relying on your parents less. So to have this huge thing in which I suddenly had to rely on other people a lot again it made me very uncomfortable, and I completely resisted it. So I think at the end of the day, I needed to quote, take care of someone else who was type one, just to understand a little bit about how people viewed taking care of me. It's not like, like Olivia is a champ. I swear to God, she's better than I am. Like she, she knows her numbers. I mean, it kind of goes back to our episode with Miriam and it goes back to that episode with Miriam and where we're talking about how it's like a burden and it's not really a burden. I mean, people want to be there for you. People want to take care of you and you want it, you know, just like that feeling that you have when you want to take care of Olivia, you want to care for others. And I think it's this like natural human instinct. Even not all of us have that. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you a lot of people don't necessarily understand how much goes into caring for someone with type one and, you know, how much we go, we go through in a sense of, you know, keeping ourselves alive because you're literally keeping yourself alive that's what it is like you know someone once said to me they're like I don't know how you do it like well first of all everyone in the world says that and I'm like listen I don't know how I do it either but it's not that groundbreaking it's just keeping myself alive if everyone had to do it everyone yeah that's you don't really have a choice yeah I, I think it's yeah so like I'm like at the end of the day yeah it's just a lot but you you do it because you have to I think to. it's as much letting people comfort you as it is people care for you. I used to hate it when people were around to watch me have a low. And that's when you kind of should have company and, you know, someone to make sure that your blood sugar is coming back up. But back up. I used to really resent it when I had a low, when I was first diagnosed. I mean, I would resent the whole process, but I, it would bother me if one of my parents or like my sister would kind of hang over my shoulder and be like, oh, did your number come up? Like, what is your blood sugar now? And they're not asking to be nosy. I mean, there's nothing they can really do about it. But it, again, I'll credit Olivia completely because she was so comfortable with me just talking about her numbers and, oh, is this good? Is this bad? What does this mean if my number is here? What does it mean if my number is lower or higher than that? Like she had so many good questions and she was so open to talking about it and she just wanted to learn I think more about my diabetes and more about my numbers and at the time I was kind of self-conscious about it because I was like kid why are you why are you so comfortable and so mature dealing with this like a champ and like I was being the child of the situation because I'd be like don't worry about my number what's your number Olivia but like It, it does have to it does have to go <laughs> well, both I mean, it ways. It kind of goes back to the way that you're a kid. You know, like you're a kid and you're trying to figure figure out what everything is. Like so many people who are diagnosed younger, you know, you don't have the inhibitions that you have when you're older and that when you're our age. You're not necessarily sitting there comparing your numbers to the fellow kid that has type one. You're sitting there like, oh, that's your number. That's cool. This is my number. That's cool. You know, it's you don't have the inhibitions. You don't necessarily understand maybe not understand, but you don't care as much. And I kind of wish that we had that as adults. I mean, I know we talk about this all the time, but 
we I find myself comparing my A1C to those around yeah, me. Yeah, don't do that. That's like very you unhealthy. You can't because there yeah, are well, so like, many not, not factors. I know for myself, and everyone has their I absolutely own never want the pump. And I, I know that there are certain benefits to using it. I understand why people do use it. But for myself... I don't know. There is a comfort to me in not having something Did timer attached just to me. Go off? No, my mom texted me, and I don't know. I don't think I can silence my computer <laughs> to not have that. Um, normal. I will get right back to you. I was like, oh my god, Christy, are you ready? I have a timer ready. <laughs> Your timer went off. You're ready. Yeah. Um, but I know for myself, because I'm not on the pump, I can't adjust my basal because I take my Lantus once in the morning, and then I can't turn it off for exercise. Like once I inject myself, that's it for the day. So I know that my A1C will always, at best, like I always aim for that seven. I'm not always there. I think my past couple have been higher than that, um, but that's my goal. I can't. Well, I have been higher. I can't than aim that. really for below a seven because I am just active for so much of the day that I have to be willing to let myself run a little bit high. Otherwise, I would be snacking more than one should, and then you know a whole host of other things if you're just constantly eating. So I need to be able to eat and know that I don't have to eat again for like at least a couple of hours and I have to be able to accommodate for walking in that time, even if it's just walking home from the train station or walking from the station to work. You know, I'm just kind of constantly on the go, so. Right. And you don't have a CGM either, a continuous glucose monitor. You're you're like you're full on. You're doing it all yourself. So you ha- you deserve so much credit for that. And I mean, not to say that people who have all the technology don't deserve that kind of credit, but it's a style to be preference. Said, like, you're you can't just look down at your watch. Well, yeah, but you also can't just look down at your watch and see like, oh no, I'm dropping at like sixty with two arrows. Yeah, down. I, like, don't, I, I don't. I don't really. I assume I know Sometimes what that means. The lows, I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes the lows, hit, you know, like it takes a while for you, for you, anyone to feel low sometimes. Like if you're, you got that adrenaline running, you got the, you know, you're, you're late running late to work and you're just focused on that. And then all of a sudden you stop for a second and you're like, holy, holy crap. Like I feel a little woozy. And then, you know, then you stop and check. You can't necessarily anticipate them like you might with, you know, a CGM or something like that. But that, that doesn't mean that you have any less management over it. You just have a different technique and whatever's working is working for you. And that's what's important. So those who care for you have to you don't necessarily realize the different types of care that go into diabetes. No, it, exactly. So what, what's right exactly. for Christy is not right for me, you know, necessarily. That's all part of it, though, is because I don't have that. And I, it's a choice not to have that extra resource. But kind of knowing that, I need to be respectful when people that I'm spending the day with and, you know, we're out and about, if I start to feel a little bit lightheaded and I'm like, oh, I need to check my blood sugar, I think it's a really fair question for people who are trying to, like, quote, take care of me. It's okay if they ask what my number is and if we need to stop for something or if I, like, at least need some water or something like that. I used to resent it a lot because I just want to be an independent woman and not need anyone's help but (laughs) well we are independent I think it's important to 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 say that but it's also important that 
you know, anyone in life, you you need someone with you at some point. You gotta you gotta lean on someone, and especially with a chronic illness like this, it's so important to seek help when you can. And if seeking help comes in the form of friends and leaning on them, you know, like God knows, I've been there for plenty of friends who need to lean on me. So sometimes it's okay to take a step back and lean on a friend if you need it. And that's what pals are for, you know. Like that's why you got your pancreas, pals. God only knows how many times I text Christy, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm three fifty no idea what happened or like some you know like or I'll I'll text Miriam and be like oh my god my insulin pump got like my Omnipod was stuck in at a 90 degree angle that's my worst fear like I just I don't think I can deal with that stress I I cannot it really does not happen that often to be honest and for me, the, the positives of the pump way, like really outweigh the shots just because of the way my lifestyle is like for me, I, you know, I might accidentally take a wrong turn in the financial district and get lost in Manhattan for like an hour. And I need to be able to turn off my insulin because I don't want to like balloon and, you know, eat like a whole bag of Skittles, which I have had to do regardless of the pump. <laughs> but yeah, and for no me, system is it's foolproof, just, I, I prefer that, but it's nice to have episode. a pal to turn to. I mean, I'll kindly remind you of the episode in which my Lantus, like, spoiled, and I had injected myself with that was that's corrupted terrifying. insulin. So, I mean, that is no system is foolproof. I think that this really has to do with kind of self-care, and everyone self-cares. I mean, well, you should self-care um, the best you can with whatever method you choose. And, you know, even making that choice of how do I want to care is a huge decision because the method that you choose, you have to then work within that, you know, and whatever works for you is fine. But I think it is good to have not necessarily, I don't want to say rules as in, you know, you're restricted in life, but I think it is good to establish really good habits to self care and just kind of, good practices, good thoughts. And I mean, that's a lot of what we do on pancreas pals is, you know, we take care of each other. And even if taking care of each other is just giving each other advice, you know, I don't assume that Emily takes every piece of advice that I give her because our bodies and lives are different. But at the same time, I think having a fresh perspective is always helpful because hearing about how something either did work or didn't work, you know, it's, it's valuable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting because, like, I'll turn to Christy, you know, for certain cap, carb counts, and it'll just really, you know, it varies on the body, and it's it has a lot to do with care. At the end of the day, I mean, this, this is a piece of technology that I know Christy doesn't have, and I know we just spent, like, the last however many minutes talking about it, but for me... For something that I see a lot at JDRF events and with talking to a lot of parents of of young kids with type 1, it's very interesting the way technology is kind of, it's really saved a lot of lives and it's great how parents can be connected to their kids' blood sugar numbers through a continuous glucose monitoring system. But you have to realize that once that kid hits a certain age, once they're at school, once they're, you know, off in college, checking their Dexcom every few minutes and calling and being like, oh, you know, you're 300, that's not necessarily a positive thing to be calling your child like every few hours. And, you know, they need independence. Otherwise, how are they going to grow up and learn how to take care of themselves with the disease? So it's a lot of black and white that's really more gray than we give it credit for. And it's it's definitely a learning curve for parents, too, because we've only 
had this technology for like what five years for the Dexcom, yeah. and that's insane. You know, there it's invasive, especially you know that brings up the whole care for yourself and having people asking you your numbers. And it's like last night I was at a Halloween party with Rich. Shout out to the boyfriend. And he's so sweet, and he always makes sure when we're when I'm drinking, he's like, he'll turn to me like in the middle of the evening and be like, "You good?" And I'm like, "Yes, Rich. I will tell you <laughs> if I'm not good." Like it comes from a it comes from a place of like concern and genuine care. And he's work. You know, like I can't imagine dating someone I know. who's diabetic. In those situations, whenever the constant worry, I like have to check my sugars in front of someone, and there's any kind of concern or whatever on their end. I have to ask myself. What would I do if it was the shoe was on the other foot? What if my friend was the one who was struggling with their numbers? Yeah. Like I would I would want them to be completely open with me, tell me exactly how they're feeling. Like I'm so on top of it. If someone tells me like, "Oh, I have a yeah. headache." I'm like, "Can I get you water? Can I get you an Advil? What can I do?" Exactly. It's you just have to think about yeah. how you would respond if this other person was dealing with what you're dealing with. And again, right. all you want to do is care. But yeah, I, I, I hear what it's you're saying. Help. I mean, yeah. I never had to deal with the Dexcom checking, like having other people have access to my numbers. But all I'll say there as, you know, a 23-year-old with absolutely no kids um, is like parents, I think sometimes, <laughs> I think <Blast>. sometimes, <laughs> yeah, mm, very much on purpose. <laughs> but I think sometimes I think sometimes the best form of care is actually to step back a little bit because that 300 number to you might be like, oh my God, why are they 300 at four o'clock in the afternoon? What they, could they possibly be up to that uh, the number kind of snuck up there today? You know what? They yeah. might be stressed. They might have a test that night or had an awful test that also, morning. Like, damn it, mom. Yeah. Damn it, mom. I want a cupcake. Like, if I have a cupcake, this has never happened. My parents, you know, like, don't – if they check my Dexcom, they only check it because I'm having a low and it alerts them. They're pretty good. Or at least if they check it more, they don't tell me, which is, like, kind of the way it should be. But Bless you know, if they, they don't remind if you I'm, If I'm out and about – yeah, no, the thing is, they, they realize that I'm on top of it. The only time that they call me is if they get an urgent low notification. And honestly, they have called me, I mentioned this a few times, they've called me maybe three times where I was in a deep, deep sleep, and I was not waking up from anything. And it was horrible, and it was scary, and I did not feel the low. It was like pretty, pretty urgently low, and I would have just continued to sleep. So that's a time when I'm more than happy to have them, you know looking out for me there but again they get those notifications through through the phone only at a certain threshold so I think for parents and for teenagers who might be listening who have the Dexcom or who don't have the Dexcom who have parents that are checking up on them constantly asking for your numbers it's important to realize that they're worried about you and I know that sounds like yeah I know they worried about me they love me blah 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 but, you know, give them a number before you, you know, like, just let them know that you're on top of it. If you're about to go out for the night, be like, hey, I'm awake. I'm on top of my numbers. If you get, you know, if you're worried or whatever, know that I'm fine. Like, or I, this is my last check, you know, like, leave me alone for the evening, blah, blah, blah. Do what you got to do to make sure everyone's happy and on top of it. But especially make sure that you're okay. You don't want to be stressing out, worried yeah, that your you, parents are sitting the there watching your you, numbers. And if it gets to that point... 
it's just it's not like you got you got to realize what's worth it and what's not and as long as you have your numbers and you're on top of yeah, it then that's you, what counts because it's your body you have at the to end know of the day. what works for you and I think again this is why I'm resistant like it really is a form of self-care for me not to have the pump and a CGM because I would get annoyed if it beeped at me because especially if I'm drinking I can put myself to bed at a pretty high number and still wake up if not low like needing to eat I drop a lot overnight I have always said this I yeah. drop speaking I of, drop overnight anyway are you low right now <laughs> yeah no I do too no 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 I uh I had a little too much to drink last night and I was fine. I was fine. Like, I think I went to bed at something like one. I, I honestly could tell you, but I just don't care. I Moral of is I woke up a little low. Like, I woke up around, like, 70 um, from a low alarm, which for me, when I'm, like, I was hungover. So I knew I, if I didn't eat something, I was going to continue to drop because that's just the way my body works after a night of drinking. And I didn't have, like, a lot of sugary drinks last night. So and I didn't really eat before bed, but I, I monitored, I turned up the volume on my Dexcom and I made sure that I was okay. And I was like, you know what, at the end of, you know, like what's going to happen, it's going to happen. If I'm going to have a low, my alarm's going to go off. It's going to wake me up or, you know, like I'll wake up. Yeah, for, for me, I just, it's scary because that doesn't happen for everyone, but yeah, I mean, for me, I just have to life. set an alarm and check. It's just something I have to do, but that's also something, you know, just on the note of self-care that I do for myself throughout the day, if I'm having a headache or I'm stressed and I'm even just like curious about where my number is, I never leave myself, you know, in the dark. I'm never like, all right, just pretend you're not worried about your number and get on with your day. Like right. my form of self-care because I don't have these extra okay tools to is when I feel the need to check, I just check. Even if I checked 30 minutes before, if just I'm check. still feeling yeah. uneasy or I feel like I'm dropping – I'm just going to check, you know, it's just, just something I do. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest for me, I've noticed that the feeling of dropping is very similar to feeling anxious. So like if I have a big day at work or something and I'm headed into the office and I'm moving a lot, I will panic sometimes. I'm like, am I dropping? Like I left my apartment at like 90, which is like great, but I'm walking that's, 10 blocks. That's and why I tend to let like, myself run a little high like, so I don't have to think about that as much right so I don't I will be the first one to tell you I do not my Dexcom is not 100% accurate it's probably not even like 85% accurate I'd give it like an 80% accuracy the last few days because the more tighter you are like the the better numbers you you see the more accurate it is just the way that the algorithms work I don't really understand it maybe one day Dexcom will come on and teach us about it who knows? But I <laughs> love the technology because at least it gives me something to, to hold on to. And if I feel like it's different, I will check. And I've had a few rare cases, like maybe four or five over my last three years of having a Dexcom, where I will check and I'll be at like, I'll be like more than 50 points different. So like one time my Dexcom said I was 100 and I was like, whoa, I feel trippy AF. Something's <laughs> not right. And I checked and I was 50. Oh, and well, that's yeah. like. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So then I'm like, so now, you know, I'm a little more like I'm so type A. We've talked about this in plenty of episodes. I have really bad anxiety issues or I did growing up and this is just the way I am. And I'm going to check if I don't trust something. And in that case, I was so glad that I trusted my body. And this technology can't replace 
your own body and that's something really important and why it's, it's so why important I, it's to, why i'm to feel it's why i'm freakishly in tune but i also care. yeah probably worry a little bit too much um that's neither that's here you know if i'm if i'm anything below a hundred i just you know it's not that i treat it like a low if i'm under 100 immediately but if I know that I'm not you know scheduled for lunch or whatever for x amount of hours like I just want to reach for that juice box like I just yeah it's an anxiety thing we're not saying to do that and we're not saying it's wrong to do that because again everyone's bodies are their own but for me if I did that I would spike because half the time I will hover I know and I I don't realize I'm hovering at 100 I think see that's that's a scenario where I I think that's whatever technology it is that tells you you know you're dropping your rising or you're at a straight line that's where something like that would come in handy but kind of the way that I deal with it is I check again in 30 minutes like just see what it's trending at but like if I'm sitting there like oh my god I'm dropping I'm dropping like I might just be chilling between 90 and 100 for a while but the best I can the the best I can do right now without driving myself crazy with these constant alarms reminding me like hey you're high hey you're on the lower side like chances are I know I'm probably if I'm that high I'm at the gym please stop beeping at me um like I did that very much on purpose (laughs) um and if I'm low I mean I'm pretty good at catching them I think the last time that I was home in New Jersey a couple weekends ago I was actually really proud of myself because the time before this last visit was when I had that horrible low and my meter just said low and I was like stumbling downstairs I did not want to do that to my mother or my boyfriend again because they they both I think were just so and I mean this is really in tune with today's episode they were both just so shocked that I didn't wake them up and honestly in the moment all I could think was just get to the juice so you can start feeling better and pop like formulate words probably a little bit more articulate articulately wow that was a great example (laughs) I am so articulate. So articulate. I'm going to go very soon. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> Should not You're be allowed great. to record. Anyway. Um, <laughs> case in point, I did not want to put either of them in that position again. I think they were so concerned why I did not wake them up and why didn't you tell us. I wasn't really thinking that way at the time. I was just thinking in blurry pictures of juice, and I just kind of stumble downstairs and did my best it probably wasn't brilliant not to like roll over and be like Zach come watch me drink juice but I just I couldn't even think that far I just you know stumbled down the stairs and did what I had to do but yeah you I did I did say my own life several times now but anyway so this last time I was home I very purposely set an alarm for the middle of the night I checked I had like a juice box. I set an alarm to check again. I unfortunately did have to have another juice box, but I was fine. I just, I have to anticipate when I'm traveling, especially like that's my form of self-care when I'm traveling, just baby myself because I know that all the extra activity and exhaustion, right? Like, I just have to be on top of it. And we have, we have quite a few episodes um, last season on traveling with diabetes. I believe one is called Traveling with the Beaties. And we talk about how oftentimes we drop or we go high and it's okay to let yourself run high or like, I wouldn't say low. It's okay to let yourself run high in situations when you just don't know the outcome. So we are so glad you joined us this week. And we hope that, you know, this this uh, shined a little light on anything that you were thinking of, wondering, I don't know, shoot us, shoot us a message. We're loving to talk about anything and everything that you guys send our way. And we are so excited to have more exciting guest 
guests on the season. Although the season is already, this is episode nine. I know, nine. nine of 12. I can't, but we're three quarters of so, the way through. It's going quickly. But we love when you guys send in yeah, episode so, ideas. Even if it's just a thought and it's not a fully formed episode topic, we're happy to throw in advice, comments, even if it's related to the episode before. You know, we'll we'll work it into the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't. circle back. We don't mind. Yeah. We're, um... I think for our next episode, or maybe not our next, but one of our future episodes, it would be really cool if we talked about our, yeah, one of our upcoming, it would be really cool if we talked about some of our scary, like some more scarier situations related to diabetes and how we confronted them. And I'd love for our listeners to to slide into our DMs and send us some stories that we can share on air. It can be anonymous. It can be a made up name. It can be your true self, like whatevs. We accept you. We respect you. And we have probably been there too. It doesn't have to do with dating. It can literally be like this is not a dating episode that I'm thinking of this is like real life not that dating isn't real life who knows IDK (laughs) it can be anything from a work situation it can be anything from dealing with your parents to dealing with whatever we've chances are someone has gone through a similar thing and a pancreas pal is there for you we are pals through and through we are here for you so moral of take care of yourself kids have a very safe halloween on tuesday um for those who celebrated this last weekend and are hungover like i am take care of yourself it's okay to have you know that chai tea latte that you were eyeing because you know you're running a little low anyways so shout out to trader joe's for that chai tea latte mix that i am coasting at 160 right now and i'm pretty happy because you know i was low so whatever <laughs> um christy i hope you have the best thank week you ever. too happy halloween and Happy Halloween, kids. Stay safe. And we look forward to next week's episode. Slide into our DMs. Email us at pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals and on Facebook, which is pancreaspalspp. And we can't wait to share some of your stories, guys. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Take care.